For our special 444th episode, I asked four four for four members to pound the table for someone. I was psyched to speak with four members, and here's who they think you should go after for the 2021 season. Four for four member Tom Sturdivant at Tom underscore Sturdivant on Twitter. Thanks so much for coming on. Who you pounded the table for? Hey, Brandon, I'm going a little bit deeper with my guy. So I'm pounding the table for Mike Williams. With the Ooh. Chargers, you know, I check out his ADP, right? Round 11 in 12-team leagues, and all arrows pointing up for the Chargers. You know, they got a new coaching staff. They've invested heavily in their offensive line. I mean, they brought Corey Lindsley in there, which breaks my heart as a Packers fan, of course. But, <laughs> but you know, he's strong. And, and was it Rashawn Slater they grabbed mm-hmm. in the yeah. first round, I think? Yeah, a lot of work done on the offensive line. He's certainly proven himself to be a, a, a stud with 50-50 balls and a red zone target with his big frame. And Hunter Henry vacates, I think, about 93 targets. And I just don't see Jared Cook getting all of those. And so if he can just stay healthy, I'm thinking he's going to just blow it out of the roof and uh, significantly outperform his ADP. So I'm pounding the table for Mike Williams and I'm sticking to it. So go get yourself a Mike, some Mike Williams. I love it. Thanks, Todd. They also added Matt Feeler on that offensive line. So I, I definitely echo your thoughts on the improvements on that offense and not really need anyone to challenge Mike Williams. I think it's great. And I like those deep picks. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Absolutely. Let's hope he does it and stays healthy. Congratulations, John. I mean, uh, 10 years of service is phenomenal. But uh, when I think about that 10 years of service, you know, it's more significant uh, as I think about the success you've had, not many people can say that they're absolutely one of the best at what they do. So thanks for your service at four for four, but most importantly, thanks for being as good as you are. And I'm just thankful that I get to participate in that as a four for four member and, and kudos to Josh too, for hiring you initially and putting the, the A team on the field like he has with a four for four. So congratulations, buddy. Four for four member Doug Burrell at Doug W. Burrell on Twitter. Thanks for coming on. Who you pounded the table for? Uh, Deontay Johnson. He's uh, like a sixth round in ADP right now. Uh, I think he's like the 25th wide receiver taken off the board. And John Paulson has him ranked at number 16, I think. So he's got a lot of upside. I'd be happy to have him as my wide receiver, too. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Anytime you can identify value with those four for four rankings from John Paulson, I'm always happy with it. Thanks, Doug. Absolutely. And speaking of John, congratulations for 10 years at four for four. I uh, started subscribing to four for four because of John's rankings. So I'm very, very happy that he's been there for 10 years. Four for four member Will Terrell at WH Terrell on Twitter. Thanks for coming on. Who you pounded the table for? I am all about Antonio Gibson. If I had had him healthy all of last year, it would have been a totally different story. That's awesome. I love Antonio Gibson. I love the Washington offense. I love those second-year running backs coming out. Hopefully, he'll catch some passes. I'm in. Exactly. That's the only reason I'm picking him. McLaurin's my other favorite, but Antonio brings too much to the table to ignore. Excellent, excellent. John, thank you for three great years. Congratulations on 10 years. Um, hey, any, any Mandalorian fan got to be a cool guy. I know you loved. I know you loved Taysom Hill. Um, not a chance. I'm going to mess with him at all. But thank you for years of help. You get me through days when uh, otherwise I don't think I would. So I appreciate it, man. Congrats. Four for four member Lee Connolly at the Fantasy Con on Twitter. Thanks for coming on. Who you pounded the table for? Hey, Brandon. I am. Uh, first, first of all, I uh, thank you for having me. It's a uh, honor to be here. I am a uh, 
uh, pounding the table for uh, Paris Campbell. I like a player that has uh, something to prove. Uh, I'm seeing him in the 70s and 80s in a redraft. Uh, I'm thinking more of the low 40s. Uh, I think Wentz likes to throw over the middle to the uh, tight ends in the slot, and that's where Paris uh, hangs out. Like him in redraft, love him in uh, dynasty. He's only 23. Uh, TY's on his uh, uh, last leg, so uh, buying a lot of shares of, shares of uh, Paris Campbell. That's fantastic. I love it. I love the deep uh, pounding the tables. Those are yeah. always fun. That's kind of my bread and butter. I enjoy that. Go get you some Paris Campbell. Uh, thank Absolutely. you so much, Lee. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Uh, my, uh, as I said, it's my uh, honor to uh, be on this uh, podcast. I've been uh, uh, a loyal uh, listener for 10 years. Hey, John, um, congrats on uh, 10 years. Uh, thank you for uh, several uh, ch- championships and uh, turning me on to some awesome music and uh, helping me miss pronounce names for a decade um <laughs> uh, keep on uh, keep on trucking uh big man we love you here's to 10 20 30 more hello and welcome to the 444th episode of four for fours the most accurate podcast i am your humble host brandon niles co-hosting today is the unparalleled jen akins jen how you doing today i am doing wonderful <laughs> Thanks so much, Jen. Uh, uh, Jen, short and sweet on the yes. uh, on the how you doing today, Jen. Uh, <laughs> also with us on this episode is is our, our friend here to celebrate four for four offensive line guru, our friend Justin Edwards. Thanks for joining us today. How you doing, Justin? I am also doing quite wonderful. Thank you very much. Awesome. You can find Justin on Twitter at Justin underscore Redwords. Uh, Before we get into this episode, though, we have a couple of things we prepared in celebration. Uh, First off, I reached out to four four for four staff members to make four predictions about four teams in celebration of our 444th episode. Here we are with Josh Moore, owner of four for four and at four for four underscore Josh on Twitter. Josh, always a pleasure. What are your four fantasy predictions for four teams this year? Hey, Brandon, it's great to be back on the pod. It's been a while. So I've got four predictions. Uh, Not all are fantasy related. Some are just NFL related, but here we go. Number one, I think Jared Goff is going to lead a terrible run first team in Detroit back to zero wins. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Josh. (laughs) Number two, I think Jalen Hurts wins the job in Philly if he hasn't won it already. And uh, he finishes as a top five fantasy QB uh, with a nice connection with Devonta Smith. Oh, I love that. Number three, also somewhat Lions related. I think that Matt Stafford gives the Rams offense that jolt that they need and gets them back to the Super Bowl and maybe even wins one this year. Ah. And at number four is uh, a little bit off the wall, but I think John Paulson is going to return to rankings, accuracy, glory with a number one finish uh, in the fantasy football rankings, accuracy over at Fantasy Pros for his third number one finish all time. And I think that's how we're going to finish off the 2021 year. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, Anything you want to say to resident raker John Paulson as he celebrates that 10th year with the team, other than, of course, uh, that he's going to finish first next year? Yeah, John, it's been an awesome ride. It's hard to believe looking back that it's actually been 10 years. I couldn't hardly believe that myself. But uh, 4 for 4 definitely wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you. And uh, who knows if I would be here today without your help as well. So thanks for everything. And uh, here's to another 10 years. Hello to TJ Hernandez, director of DFS at 444 and at TJ Hernandez on Twitter. TJ, I appreciate you. What are your four fantasy predictions for four teams this year? 
Uh, all right, so four teams. I'm looking at the offensive side of the ball since we're we're a fantasy podcast, obviously. So uh, let's start with the Cowboys. I like the Cowboys to lead the league in scoring this year. Uh, going to one of my favorite up and coming teams, the Dolphins. I like the Dolphins to have a top five passing offense. Uh, the hot topic in football as we record this is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I predict the Packers. We'll get a full season of Aaron Rodgers, but they will miss the playoffs. And then, of course, the Bills win the Super Bowl. Of course, the Bills win the Super Bowl. I couldn't have you on with a prediction without a Bills take. <laughs> Those are great, TJ. I love the uh, I love the Dolphins take because I'm a Dolphins fan. I hope you're correct. Uh, these are excellent. Thank you so much for sharing. Anything you want to say to John Paulson as he celebrates his 10th year with the team? Yeah, JP, uh, thanks for keeping it going for 10 years, for letting me be on the team along with Josh and uh, Anthony Stalter and John. Happy episode 444. I hope we get 444 more. What's up, Sal Stefanelli? Head of fun stuff at 444 and at SalPal2 on Twitter. Sal, my friend, what are your four fantasy predictions for four teams this year? All right, four fantasy predictions for four teams. Here we go. Number one. Tony Pollard will be the Cowboys' number one running back, starting running back by week nine. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> Watch out for that. And number two, Amon Ross St. Brown. I think this one's kind of an easy one that has a legitimate chance of happening. Will lead the Lions receivers in targets, receptions, and receiving yards. Ooh, I like that. I like that. That one makes sense. Uh, number three, this one's a personal favorite of mine. Taysom Hill will start all 17 games for the Saints and finish as a fantasy QB1. Ooh, these are, these are spicy, Sal. I love this. And number four, uh, Jalen Hurts will break the record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a single season. That's fantastic. So I love Jalen Hurts, and I'm super psyched, super excited for that to happen. Uh, since you said it, I'm sure it will happen. That's the way it's going to go. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. Anything you want to say to John for his 10th year with the team? Yeah, I just want to say uh, congrats to John. Been there for 10 years now. I don't think 4 for 4 would be what it is today without having the most accurate ranker in the fantasy industry. So here's to another 10 years of fantasy rankings accuracy congrats again on an amazing run chris allen senior writer at four for four at chris allen ffwx on twitter one of my fantastic co-hosts on this podcast what are your four fantasy predictions for four teams this year so my first prediction is going to be that daniel jones will finish inside the top 12 at quarterback for the 2021 season and i know that we think of daniel jones as this error prone type quarterback but looking at the addition of kenny galladay the drafting of Kadarius tony i mean we got the returning weapons of saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. I mean, there's so many options in the passing game that we are excited to draft here in all of our drafts that I think now Daniel Jones is going to be one of those quarterbacks that gets pulled into the top 12, regardless of what we think about him as in a, whether he's efficient or whatever. We also know that he has that Konami code ability as well. So I think Daniel Jones is one of the first guys that come to mind when we're looking for value for quarterback drafting this, uh, this season. Ooh, I like it. I like that one. Not uh, You might be on Daniel Jones Island, but I love it. Uh, so let's see, moving on to my second one, I'm going to stick with the quarterback position. Uh, moving over to the AFC North, I'm also predicting that, uh, or at least looking for 
Baker Mayfield to also finish as a top 12 quarterback. I think that one has more of a long shot than anything else uh, because we're looking at splits over the entire season. You can look at the, the Browns offense as a whole, and we can just see that they were one of the, one of the worst in terms of neutral passing rates over the whole season. But if we look towards the back end of the season, neutral passing rate kicked up to a little over 60% red zone passing rate up over 55%. That's well ahead of where they were at towards the earlier parts of the season when they still had Odo Beckham. So now we, Bring Odell Beckham back. He's now going to be healthy, a larger part of that offense. Year two with Baker Mayfield in with the Kevin Stefanski system. I think that now looking at that offense, healthy and a, uh, their ability to work together as a team, I think Baker Mayfield has a shot to also finish as a top 12 quarterback. I love it. I was hoping you'd come with a Brown stat. Uh, sticking with the AFC North, Lamar Jackson, I mean, right now being drafted as quarterback five, I think he now has that potential to slingshot back into the quarterback overall one conversation, uh, whether it's I mean, I know a lot of folks are still vying or looking at Patrick Mahomes as the QB one. But from a fantasy fantasy perspective, I see Lamar Jackson still as having that Konami code upside. I mean, thousand rushing yards, back-to-back seasons. I still think that's definitely in play. But now if we also bring back the the passing touchdowns and the passing efficiency, I know that his touchdown rate dropped from 9%, which was wild in 2019, to 6.9% in 20 and 2020. But now with the additions of um, I don't care what you think about Sammy Watkins, way better than Willie Sneed and yeah. whoever else that he was passing to. <laughs> I mean, but now that you have uh, we, you have Bateman, you have Wallace, you also have, and then of course we have Marquise Brown. I mean, but with Wallace and Bateman, I mean, both of them uh, they win in the areas of the field, the intermediate areas of the field, where Lamar Jackson just historically has not been able to hit some of those passes. I, in a study that I had run, I mean, the EPA per play on those out digs and curl routes was like 0.1 versus uh, almost like 0.3, 0.4. Uh, 0.14 for EPA per target on some of the deeper routes that he was hitting Marquise Brown on. So now if it's not going to be uh, more passing touchdowns at the very least, he should be able to increase their offensive uh, efficiency per drives, which should get him into back into those red zones, get some more of those rushing touchdowns that we like. So I definitely see Lamar Jackson having the case for slingshotting past any of those guys that we're currently drafting at QB3, QB4, like the Kyler Murrays, the Dak Prescotts of the world, and uh, taking that top spot at the QB1 in the 2021 season. I love it. I love it. Who'd have thought of Lamar Jackson as a value option, but absolutely. Right. I mean, you think about where we were drafting both those guys. I mean, what Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, they were going at the two, three turn last year. Now you can get about at about the four five turn in most drafts, depending on which platform you're on. I mean, it's definitely a value proposition that I'm betting on. And the last one, I'll just round it out and looking at the AFC North still. I mean, I have to come back and talk about my Bengals, but I'm predicting <laughs> that all three of the primary wide receivers. So that's Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase and T Higgins will all finish over with over a thousand uh, without over a thousand uh, receiving yards in year one I mean the stage is set for each one of them to have just a a ton of targets within that offense I mean before Joe Burrow went down I mean he was third in uh, total dropbacks I mean first in uh, like first in pass attempts I mean his efficiency I can understand from an efficiency standpoint Joe Burrow wasn't where we really wanted him to be as a quarterback but hey it's his rookie season Uh, We understand that he was basically under fire throughout most of that, I mean, uh, with injuries along the offensive line. So if I'm looking for a trio, I mean, that's not the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, to wind up with over a thousand, a thousand, thousand receiving yards like per player, who else could it possibly be than the Cincinnati Bengals? And I'm looking for all three of them to wind up hitting, especially with Jamar Chase coming out in his rookie season. I'm with you. I'm with you. If I'm betting on any trio to do it, that the Bengals trio makes sense to me. Thank you so much, Chris. Anything you want to say to John Paulson for his 10th year with the team? Uh, 
I could still remember the very first time that Paulson messaged me in Slack asking for my like genuine opinion uh, about <laughs> how like weather would might impact some of his projections. And he just sent me uh, like a very nice and like cordial message, like saying, you know, he's like, he likes my work and he wanted, and he wanted me to get, uh, he wanted my opinion on his stuff. And this is verbatim my response to him. Holy shit. You're John Paulson. Like that's how <laughs> that's how I responded to him because he is still one of the most recognizable names like in the industry since I since I became a part of it and being getting a chance to work with him and and learn from him and all that has just been a, a huge honor. So congrats to you, John, like for all the work that you've done in the industry, all the work that you've done for four for four. I'm hoping that we get a chance to continue doing it for at least another ten years. Uh, so hats off to you, John. Congrats. That was a blast. Uh, Justin, Chris Allen, your fellow Bengals fan, uh, co-host of this podcast, was able to cut in those predictions. Pretty bullish on that Bengals passing game. As your, as a Bengals fan, what do you think about his prediction about all three wide receivers eclipsing 1,000 yards receiving? I think it's it's super bullish. I would love to see it happen for sure. Um, it's definitely a scenario where you can, you can buy the syrup instead of the pancakes if you want to go for a Joe Burrow. Nice. Uh, just try to get all of them. A thousand thousand yards would be a hefty task for all three of them, but I I would I would put my money on at least two of them hitting hitting the the grand. You know, with that defense, that Bengals defense, it certainly seems like they're going to throw a ton. Jen, are you uh, bullish on the Bengals passing game? Eh, I hate to, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> listen, I mean, I've I've been buying some of them this season, and I don't know about all three going over a thousand. I think that's a little bit of a uh, of a reach there, but. I don't hate the Bengals, and I wouldn't mind if it happened. It would be exciting. Tyler Boyd has become almost free, which is really exciting. So I've been I've been targeting him a little bit in my best ball drafts, just because he's he's his ADP is so low, and I still think he's going to get a ton of targets, which is fun. Uh, next, we had a couple special guests drop by to present the winners of our giveaway for this episode. And here we are with John Paulson and Anthony Stalter in celebration of our 444th episode and John's 10th year at 4 for 4. You can find Anthony on Twitter at Anthony Stalter, and you may, of course, know him as the longtime host of this podcast. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on for this event. How are you doing today? Doing great. I'm, uh, I'm so excited to be on this podcast. It's incredible. I know John's got a lot of thoughts on, you know, the fact that this is... Uh, you know, four, 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 the 444th episode, which is, in, which is insane. Uh, but before we continue, I also want to make sure that um, we want to give away the, the free four, four, four t-shirt. And we had a, uh, you know, promotion going on. So the winner without further ado of the free four, four, four t-shirt is at the read option on Twitter at the read option. And uh, John, you and I both know that um, at the read option is a is a big follower and a, a longtime subscriber. So congratulations to again at the read option for winning that four for four t-shirt. Excellent. Thanks, Anthony. Congratulations at the read option. That four for four t-shirt is the most comfortable t-shirt I own uh, when I'm able to wear it and my wife has not stolen it from me. Uh, as I mentioned, <laughs> we also have our favorite ranker, John Paulson, director of forecasting at four for four and at four for four underscore John on Twitter. John, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm happy to be here, and I can definitely confirm that those t-shirts are so comfortable. I have about 10 of them, and I just rotate them and, and wear them <laughs> constantly. I don't know how Josh found that that brand maker. It's fantastic. Anyway, I would like to give away the free pro subscription. I'm not sure which is better, the t-shirt or the pro subscription. I think the pro subscription is valued a little bit higher, but it's going to at Duke3136 on Twitter. So congratulations to at Duke3136. 
Congratulations at Duke3136 and at the read option. We will reach out on Twitter. Uh, John, I played all the well wishes for you. Anything you want to say to reflect on 10 years with 4 for 4? And I just want to add my congratulations. Well, thank you. And I I feel like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on his uh, retirement tour and getting, you know, people giving him gifts and stuff. I, I was, was not even expecting any of that. I was just looking at my... <laughs> subscription at uh four for four actually and i saw that i was like nine month nine uh years 11 months and that this was the month that i started way back when 10 years ago so it's it's kind of crazy i think especially in today's society to stay any at any company really for 10 years and i don't really see myself leaving i think josh and i are a real good uh match and um i was able to kind of take over some of the responsibilities that he wanted to hand off uh, when he was looking to kind of expand the company and he was running everything uh, by himself. So um, it was, it's, it was a good fit. And I think uh, we'll probably uh, carry on for another 10 years. Yeah. And you're so good at it, John. That's what's awesome is <laughs> being so good at something for 10 years. Um, Anthony, uh, 444 episodes is a lot. Uh, I just took this over. It's I'm a, I'm on like episode like 15. So even in the modern world of podcasting, 444 is a lot. Uh, I wanted to get your reflections as the longtime host here on 444 episodes. Yeah, Brandon, thanks. You know, it, it's crazy when John and I, John and I first, for those that don't know, and I think we've shared some of this throughout our, our podcast, you know, over the years on uh, the most accurate podcast, but John and I actually started on on a website called the, the, uh, the Scores Report, and John covered NBA and and uh, fantasy fantasy football, and I, I did kind of the NFL and MLB content. John, I think we first started off doing a doing a podcast for the Scores Report where you were the host, and yes. I was yeah I was kind of I wasn't giving fantasy advice as much as I was just talking about more you know NFL NFL related advice, and that's how we started. But I remember doing that on on our phones. And now to to look back and and look back and talk about 444 episodes is just insane. It's it's crazy the way the time has moved. But um, I, I know I've said this before too. But John John has always been just the just the hands down the best expert when it comes to fantasy football knowledge and rankings. And he's got an analytical background and analytical mindset where he's breaking things down from a number standpoint, but also kind of giving the his own opinions on things. He's a re- really good uh, read of, you know, coaches, and he, he can kind of work through, you know, the, 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 the coach speak a lot of times throughout the week to kind of figure out who, who to play each and every week. So he has always been that way, and I think to, to share this podcast with John over the years has been something special for me because John and Josh brought me in. I know John was the first one to kind of say, hey, you know, Josh, if you're looking for another host, you're looking for somebody else to do some rankings or some even some NFL notes. I got a guy in Anthony. So uh, to be able to to celebrate this accomplishment with John has is really special to me. And as I look, think back of the times that, that we spent at the Scores Report, John, it has just been a, a, an absolute long road. And I'm with you. As long as you want to do it with me, I'm ready to go for another 10 years. Yeah, I, I would just like to add that, uh, Anthony, I don't know if you were doing any radio um at that point i think maybe you were starting that career yeah uh, doing, you, doing maybe some producing at the time or some board operating that's right and then you got on air and your your whole hosting vibe changed and uh really took off i think as a host and um real smooth now you got that radio voice I mean, Brandon <laughs> he does, does. yeah it Brandon, has a world-class radio voice well Brandon thanks, does man. too but um it, it's uh yeah it was it was pretty funny looking back because i, I think going over to 
I left FedEx uh, because they were going to move me back to Memphis. I lived in Cal- Southern California with my wife and didn't want to move back to Memphis. So I just basically left, took a severance and just tried to get into, you know, writing uh, sport and sports writing in particular and getting over to the, the scores report and bullseye.com uh, who owns the scores report, or I think they still do gave me an opportunity to, to learn how to, you know, write in, in an entertaining manner and write entertainment. Uh, I did a, I did a round table with the, uh, the cast of Wedding Crashers. So <laughs> I was sat across from, you know, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. And uh, it, it was pretty crazy looking back on that. And then finally found my niche with the, 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 the rankings of, of, of fantasy. And I think the, the Fantasy Pros site that came out and started, you know, looking at accuracy and rankings accuracy allowed, allowed me to really, like, carve out my niche in this uh, industry and find my... I guess my true calling, I guess I would say. So without getting too poetic, but um, I mean, without, without that, I mean, I think it's tough because people just, you know, say that they're really good at fantasy and then there's no necessarily any accuracy or, you know, anybody judging it or, you know, keeping them accountable to some of the picks they make each week. So um, that, I think that it's become a little bit more of a meritocracy than maybe it was 20, 25 years ago uh, when people were just out there willy nilly <laughs> recommending players and then moving on to the next week. Uh, so it's pretty, it was pretty cool that that all came out about the same time. Cause I, I think I won it in 2010 and the first uh, contest was 20, uh, 2009. Andy Barron's won it from Yahoo. Um, but for all that to kind of come at the same time and allow me to uh, get into this industry, it was uh, real thankful for that. Excellent. Yeah. And, uh, we know that Josh Moore is bullish on you reaching uh, number one again this year in the fantasy pros rankings. I expect that will happen, John. I, I fully no endorse Josh's prediction. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, well, what I'll say is if it doesn't happen this year, maybe it'll happen in 10 years. You know, it, it's, it's like I, my goal every year is not to try to win it because I, I you, there's probably things you can do to, to kind of play the rankings game. And, uh, I, I just want to have a good set of rankings each week that, uh, kind of reflect my opinion of the week and I don't try not to get too caught up in trying to win it because I think that stresses me out even more. Uh, but I, you know, I, I'm happy to finish in the top 10, really happy to finish in the top five. And, and whenever I can do that, I'm, I'm pretty pleased. Yeah, listen to that member focused attitude toward That's rankings. Right. I love it. I love it. Uh, guys, I, I want to ask real quick before I let you go, since you originated this podcast, what was the origin story on the name? How did you come up with the most accurate podcast? Yeah. I wonder if uh, Anthony remembers the story, but uh, it was, I believe, we started the podcast in 2013. If I look back at our feed prior to that, when I won the Fantasy Pros Most Accurate Expert in 2010, and then I finished second, I think, in 2011, I was at the Fantasy Sports Trade uh, Association Conference in Vegas and was sitting there. I think it was at the bar afterward with the trophy, and um, I did not take it up to my room for whatever reason. And, uh, Matthew Barry was sitting there with us, a group of us talking about stuff. And he just said, he goes, man, you Paulson, man, I would just call, I would, you know, if you do a podcast, I would just call it the most accurate podcast. If you had <laughs> something else, I'd call it the most accurate, whatever, just play up that mo play up that most accurate thing as much as you can. That's a great selling point. And so I was like, Oh, okay. And I, you know, I t- took it back to Josh, the idea. And I think it's a, l- I mean, I always thought it was a little brazen to just say you're most accurate. <laughs> um and claim it but um 
you know, we call it team app and we have short shorthand for it now. And so if I don't win it every year, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to call it the most accurate uh, because we do strive for that. And that's the one thing that 444 really hangs its hat on is the, is the rankings accuracy and, and having a good set of rankings each week. So that's, that's basically the story. It was Matthew Barry's idea. So if anybody has a problem with it, they can probably take it up with him. I'm sure he's forgotten this whole thing, but it was very, you know, for, for, for him, a, a guy who basically started, and kickstarted this injury uh, industry into high gear and really pushed for fantasy football uh, to be on ESPN and, you know, be on the main network and everything. Um, you know, I took his words to heart and what he said, he's a, definitely a great brander and an entertainer. So uh, when he said that, I, you know, immediately sparked a, an idea and uh, decided to go with it. Brandon, the funny, the funny thing is too, and, and John, John has kind of alluded to it. He just kind of alluded to it there. One, you know, for, for it to come from Matthew Barry is, is, is just hilarious, but I mean, you couldn't get two people that were, that are more, um, <laughs> we, we don't, we don't, John and I don't prop ourselves up. You know, John certainly does. And I mean, we, we talk, we, a lot of times we almost have to re, we have to remind John to say, Hey, okay, let's, let's talk about where you are right now in the rankings. Right. And, mm-hmm. and he's, he's always, he's always up there to, so to have the most accurate podcast, right. Where it's like John said, it's kind of brazen. Um, we, we downplay a lot of the success on the, on the, uh, the podcast sometimes, sometimes almost to a, to a fault, but I find the irony in the, the name of it. Uh, and I just, I remember when John, you know, said, Hey, this is what we're going to name the podcast and he shared the story with me. I'm like, Oh boy. All right. So, and so now anytime we're inaccurate on something, people are going to blast the name, but I that, that certainly hasn't been a problem because the listeners and the subscribers of four for four have just been so great to us. That's awesome. Uh, I won't take up any more of your guys' time. It's a great story. Great origin story. Uh, thank you so much. I I'm looking forward to listening uh, to more content from the two of you after the 4th of July, look for John and Anthony to return to team map, posting an additional late week episode on top of the off season work that I'm going to continue doing with Jen and with Chris. Thanks again, guys. Here's to another 444 episodes. Yeah. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for putting this together. We appreciate it, man. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. And you're doing a great job. So I appreciate it. Super cool to hear the origin of the name of the podcast. Jen, did you know that? I did not know that. I think I think it's pretty cool. I just kind of assumed, okay, John's highly accurate. Let's just name it the most accurate podcast. But I had no idea that uh, the OG Matthew Barry had anything to do with it. I think it's pretty cool. I think, yeah, just absolutely fun. And it was great to talk to John and Anthony and kind of get their takes on it. Uh, Justin... Before we did the math and figured out that this was episode 444, we were scheduled to have you to come on and talk rookie drafts and big ADP risers and fallers. So uh, let's get into that as I guess what I'll call our sort of main segment this week. Uh, But uh, what are you seeing in the rookie drafts now that all the dust has settled in the offseason? Obviously, after after the uh, landing spots have been announced, I guess it's been it's been almost two months now, which is is wild this offseason yeah. is flying by um Naj- Najee's in that in that one spot now that he's going to be presumably a, a a workhorse in Pittsburgh and we know they don't mind uh giving the back 300 350 touches so he's sticking up there uh Javante Williams is uh up in the first round now he was kind of back in the second before he went to Denver I guess people are thinking he's kind of going to take over that Gordon spot which would be surprising, I would say. Um, yeah, well, other than that, nothing's really too crazy. Uh, Kadarius Tony getting drafted in the first round kind of boosted his stock, but he's not likely to get a lion's share of those targets, so he's still sitting in the second round or so. 
Yeah, I don't have any interest in Kadarius Tony. Do you have any interest in him, Justin? No. No, I don't. <laughs> I, get, I mean, just just based off of his draft stock, you have to take him at some point in a rookie draft. But, yeah, I, I, I can't see him getting more than, I don't know, 80 targets or so this year. Like, how much work can he possibly have in the offense in 2021? Right. Right, Galladay's going to get at least like six, seven targets a game, even if he's not as high volume as maybe we want him to be. Uh, he's that deep threat. Evan Ingram's going to get targets. I think he had over, I think he had a hundred last year, over a hundred targets last year. Barkley's there. Sterling Shepard's a target hog. I just don't see how Tony's going to get any work. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So. So Najee Harris being drafted uh, first overall in one quarterback formats uh, for the most most uh, for the most part. Uh, where's Kyle Pitts going in that format? Pitts is like a top five, top maybe top six okay. option. He's a, obviously the first tight end off the board. He's going behind um, the Najee and Travis Etienne and then uh, the, the Chase Smith Waddle group okay. of wide receivers. So ETN is still going high, even though he landed in Jacksonville and uh, kind of, I'll just call it murky. I'll call Jacksonville's running situation murky. Yeah. He's still going top five? Yeah. He's 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 still up there. Uh, he'll go top five, and then I I don't really see him fall below like eighth overall, even in like um even in super flex leagues. Wow, very cool. So talk about those super flex leagues. Uh, where does that push guys like Harrison Chase down as we insert guys like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson? Um, it all all depends on league scoring and whatnot. But I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence and then Trey Lance are typically the first two off the board. Uh, Fields and Wilson are somewhere in that top five, top six range as well. So they all get pushed down quite a bit. Uh, even, I mean, Mac Jones goes in the first round sometimes. Um, just presumably he'll have that job by the end of the year or starting next year. So you can get guys like uh, Smith or Waddle almost in the back half of the first round sometimes. Um, uh, Trey Sermon slides into the second round. Um, Kadarius Tony slides closer to the third round, which is probably where he should be in the first place. <laughs> Boy, I, I'm excited about Devontae Smith. He's somebody I might throw like a few darts at in redraft. Jen, uh, any of these rookies appeal to you? Like like Devontae Smith, do you think if Jalen Hurts can be what we want him to be in Philly and if the Philly passing game does anything, is Devontae Smith interesting to you? He is and he isn't. I was a little more interested in him until I actually just wrote up a player profile on him last week at 4 for 4 and I kind mm -hmm. of, in, in doing research, I'm like, eh, I do like him. I don't know if I love his ADP. Um, I do like that stack, though, so I've kind of been doing that a little bit. Um, I think that <clears throat> that offense is interesting. I mean, we have to wait and kind of see what happens with Ertz, but... I think there is some opportunity there, and um, I'm not sure, you know, in, in redraft or in just, you know, best ball, you know, where his ADP will settle if it kind of stays where it is, but um, I will grab some of them. Folks, 4 for 4 has partnered with Underdog Fantasy to give you an easy way to claim a free, no-strings-attached pro subscription to 4 for 4 for the current season, plus $25 instantly deposited to start playing. Just enter 4 for 4 in the promo code box and deposit at least $10 when you sign up at Underdog. This is a screaming great deal and a fantastic opportunity for anyone who's been on the fence about joining to sign up with no risk. Sign up at Underdog Fantasy today. Sure. Uh, I wanted to ask, uh, since we talked about rookie draft ADP changes, anybody rising and falling, any changes happening now that we have the Julio Jones trade and the draft and free agency, pretty much the dust seems like it's pretty much settled. Uh, anything you're noticing, Jen, in those best ball leagues and redraft changes? 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So you mentioned the Julio Jones trade. That's honestly like the top of, of the risers and fallers. For some reason, that's still happening even in the last week. Um, that's still the after effects. The, the two highest uh, risers have been Tannehill and Gage. And then the, the lowest, you know, or the, the, the biggest fallers have been Josh Reynolds, Anthony Ferkser, and Matt Ryan. So it's kind of interesting that that's still happening. Um, aside from those guys, because I feel like we have, you know, that's been talked about quite a bit um, in the industry. But what I found interesting, as far as risers go, Jacoby Myers, for some reason, has been, you know, a... I guess a proponent of the, the, the training camp hype, you know, it, it came mm-hmm. out earlier in the week that, you know, he's, he, he's looking like the Patriots wide receiver one. So I can redraft on MFL. He went up 19 spots, you know, in the last week or so he's, you know, he went from wide receiver uh, 85 to wide receiver 79. And then an underdraft, he went, he's, he went up 24.9 spots. Uh, which is you know, that's wow. a two round jump for you know Jacoby Myers. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if I'm necessarily buying that, but people obviously are. Um, another thing I found interesting is that Elijah Moore, once again, also training camp hype, um, has been he's been risen as well. He's almost two rounds. He's gone twenty twenty point eight spots in underdog, and in MFL he's gone up just five spots. But yet. You know, with the Jamison Crowder signing, yeah. so he he goes up, but yet Denzel Mims and Herndon are both two of the biggest fallers. So they've mm-hmm. each fallen about a round. So I kind of, I find that kind of interesting that for some reason people are all about Elijah Moore, even though Crowder is still there, but yet Mims and Herndon are both falling. I know Moore is a, a reception perception guy. Like I think Matt Harmon and those guys over at Reception Perception do great work. I think they like Moore. I wonder if maybe Moore plays more outside than we expect. Like he profiles size wise as a slot receiver. Maybe they're expecting him to start opposite Corey Davis and Crowder will continue to play slot uh, snaps. I certainly thought Crowder would move on. So I'm shocked to mm-hmm. hear that Moore is a riser considering that yeah. Crowder restructured his contract. I know I agree, and I mean he, like I said, an underdog. He he went. He's up almost two rounds, and he went from wide receiver sixty three to wide receiver fifty six. So, wow! I mean, and that's you know, and that's just in the last two weeks. So that's a pretty decent jump for that. Yet you know, Mims and Herndon have both fallen about a round. I think Mims was about 12, 12 spots, and Herndon was like eleven, something like that. But I found that kind of interesting. Um, but you know, we're in, in in a weird spot in, in the risers and fallers where. You know, usually preseason and, and training camp is when we get, you know, a lot of movement. Now it's mostly, you know, the fallout from that Julio trade and then I guess the, the Crowder signing and then whatever random tra- training camp hype comes out. <laughs> um, Justin, have you noticed a difference in Elijah Moore's ADP uh, in rookie drafts? No, not necessarily. It's been uh, right now like middle, second. Well, I guess that's super flex. Like middle, second and super flex and then right on the cusp of that first round, second round, in uh, one QB leagues. So that makes sense. I'm not sure how high he could rise from there just based on the talent in this draft. That makes perfect sense to me. Uh, Go back to Jacoby Myers. You know, uh, interesting that he had 81 targets last year, was clearly the number one receiver in New England last season. Uh, Still really young. Didn't score a touchdown. Like, he has 122 targets through two seasons in the league. Has not scored a touchdown yet in that offense. Um. Justin, are you buying Jacoby Myers if you're buying anyone in New England? No. (laughs) (laughs) His ADP, Uh, if it keeps rising, I won't buy him. But I've been taking a couple stabs at him just thinking someone has to catch the ball there. That's 100% true. They can't throw the ball like 150 times. So someone's catching the ball. I have not been messy with New England in any format this year. Um, A little bit like 
in underdog drafts, I'll I'll mess around and take a Ramondre Stevenson super late or a, a James White in the sixteenth or a Damian Harris super late, but I don't I haven't really messed with their wide receiver or their tight ends this entire offseason. This is a fun season for New England running backs because they're all going so late in drafts yeah. that like you can you can take a stab at one. Whereas like usually you've got like Sony Michelle going three rounds higher than I'm comfortable with. So right. it, it's it's interesting this year to be able to grab Damian Harris late, who could walk into 250 touches. Which is right. a, Jen, are you targeting any of those New England skill position players? I am not. I'm really <laughs> not. And it's funny that you say that about Damian Harris because I feel like. He's not cheap anymore. Like people, I don't know. All of a sudden there's this hype behind him in the last like week or so. And I didn't look at his actual ADP. I'm not sure how it's risen, but uh, you know, I think it's also one of those things and you know, you're not supposed to do this in fantasy football, but you know, I had a bunch of, I had Damian Harris a lot last year. I actually, I had a redraft team where I had him and James white and just every week trying to decide which one, if either to start, was a nightmare and I'm just not going to do that to myself this season. Uh, you know, just like, like Justin said, I've taken a little of Lamont over Monday Stevenson, a little bit here and there. Um, I have not taken any of the pass catchers. I have not taken any, you know, I haven't taken the tight ends. And to be honest, I haven't taken cam or Mac. Jen- you know, I just, it's not happening for me. Yeah. I just, I'm really just steering clear of that whole team. I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Harris yeah. is uh, going 86th, by the way. His ADP is 86th uh, position, RB31, which I guess makes sense. I guess that's, that's about shabby. where he should probably go. So, uh, But, yeah, James White, 182nd. Like, that's that's worth a stab, especially it PPR. It is, and PPR for sure. And he's mm-hmm. always been this PPR darling, but last year was tough. I mean, you know, he did have a tragedy happen and things, you know, with COVID and everything was a mess with him. So he may be right back where he was and, you know, it, you know, he, whatever we can all eat crow those of us that are avoiding him because in years past he's been great in ppr and mm-hmm. um i've always been one like sweet you know and his adp is always you know really great as far as that goes but uh you know especially if you're if you are going zero rb you know in a ppr situation and he's been great in the past but this year i'm kind of not uh i'm kind of avoiding yeah, speaking of that quarterback situation, uh, it, Justin, watching the training camp battles and the coach speak and things of that sort, uh, what are some of those that we're watching now that mini camps have kicked off? Uh, you know, we talked about the quarterback with Cam Newton. Uh, you talked about Trey Lance going real, really high. There's some coach speak coming out about him potentially starting day one, which wasn't really expected. Any other training camp battles that you're keeping an eye on that will really affect the way that you draft? Um, I would, I would like to see fields overtake that job in chicago um, oh me too i think everybody not, wants that <laughs> right it's it sounds like it's not happening i don't know if matt Nagy is just blowing smoke or not but he's repeatedly said that this is andy dalton's job which is boring <laughs> so damn boring um but i would like to see him take take over just for this i mean for his sake of course but maybe alan robinson's sake Maybe for the sake of anyone who watches Bears games, because they've, uh-huh. been, they've been boring for decades now, so it'd be nice to have someone a little more exciting there. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Denver would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, Drew Locke had his chance and didn't do much with it, so might as well get Teddy two gloves out there and see if he can boost up the... Uh, <laughs> 
Teddy Two Gloves. I love it. Two Gloves. Yeah. Teddy quietly provided two thousand yard fantasy receivers last year in Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Just yeah. quietly quietly did that for mm-hmm. fantasy owners. Yeah. Uh the Bears thing, I couldn't agree with you more, man, because we've got a situation right now where if Justin Fields takes over his dual threat ability and that Konami code aspect that he could bring makes him a fantasy a very interesting, like intriguing fantasy potential star early on. Whereas if you've got Andy Dalton there, I'm probably not drafting <laughs> the, the Bears quarterback. <laughs> uh, Jen, I wanted to ask uh, if you've got training camp battles you're watching, that's great. But if not, I wanted to ask you about Zach Ertz because uh, he seems like maybe the next shoe that could drop. He's been rumored to be in trade discussions for over a year now, uh, still on that roster. Eagles have an interesting offense. Like, it, do you think Ertz gets moved? And if so, where would you like to see him land? I don't know if he will. I hope he does. I just mm-hmm. think it would be better for, you know, Goddard and, and all the Goddard, you know, drafters out there and for, you know, whichever team ends up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, even though last year, Ertz really wasn't great. I mean, I don't know what kind of happened, but he really wasn't so great. But if he does go, I would love to see him on the Bills. I oh, think that yeah. would be a great spot. I think that they do have Dawson Knox and they do have Jacob Hollister, but I mean, come on, I think it would be better, you know, Knox supposedly, I did see a report that he, I don't know, he, he hired someone to help with his hand-eye coordination. Um, so, <laughs> you know, to, to cure his, his dropsies, but I still think, I think if Ertz goes to Buffalo, I think that would be fun. And I mean, look, another weapon for Allen. I mean, we'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The year three tight end Dawson Knox, like that's the hope, the year three tight end thing that, that, that yeah. happens. I, he's definitely, <laughs> uh, He's definitely my <laughs> Damian Harris this year. I had him a lot last season, and I, I will not be engaging in Dawson Knox this year as a result. <laughs> yeah, no, and I know a lot of people are, which is great. I mean, he, he's he's getting a little bit of hype, which is great for those of us that want nothing to do with him. Yeah, right. I'm holding my breath for if Ertz gets traded because I, I, I've got Goddard in a few leagues, and I feel like that's going to be a bargain. But additionally, uh-huh. I've also got some late-round stabs at guys that I think that uh, – Ertz could definitely blow up in my face. Like I've got some late round Dan Arnold shares, uh-huh. like like w- who I kind of like, like in Carolina. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, you know, if <laughs> that that seems like a prime Zach Ertz landing spot, and then I'm just going to cry because I don't have any Ertz. I've been scared of Ertz, and uh, and I definitely have guys like Don Dan Arnold on my roster. Uh, Justin, uh, what's your approach to uh, Ertz and 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 his situation? Where would you like to see him land, and do you think he gets moved? Uh, I, I do think he gets moved. Uh, I feel like they're waiting on a good price. I don't know what that price would be. Probably a, a late round swap or something. Um, I'd like to see him in like Tennessee. I, I know a lot of people have been taking Ferkser this year, but yeah, that would blow up some of my, get that, oh, me get, too. get that out of here. Justin. Yeah. I don't want that. That's <laughs> going to mess me up. Listen, I already, I already got screwed with the Josh Reynolds, Julio thing. You can't screw me on Ferkser too. <laughs> All right, all right. Throw him, throw him on ja- throw him on Jacksonville then. There let's you go. Give, oh yes, hundred percent. Get Tebow give, out of there. I'm yeah, very acceptable. Let's give Trevor Lawrence an actual NFL player as opposed to <laughs> yes. whatever Tim Tebow is. Yes. <laughs> Arizona. Uh, Dan Arnold Ooh. used to be there, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Had a few yeah. good games for them last year. Surprisingly, that wouldn't be bad. If, I don't know how many. I don't know if he'd be gobbling up targets in Arizona, but he would. He'd be a boon to. Um, uh, Kyler Murray. I forgot Kyler Murray's name for a moment. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know who is in Arizona right now. Is it CJ no Uzoma idea. or is it? No, he's still in Cincinnati. I think Ricky Seals Jones. I, mean, I don't even. No, that's sad. he's uh, I should know he's uh, there, but... he's uh, <laughs> Oh man, I just 
He's been gone saw, a while. Yeah, Ricky I, just saw Ricky I was, Seals I, was kid, I was kidding, but <laughs> oh, Max Williams is who's is technically, oh yeah, old old triple X Max Williams. Yeah. He's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daryl Daniels. You want a little Daryl Daniels who action in your, that? in your life? That's made up. <laughs> yeah, not a person. That's not and, real. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Arizona's target share is going to be interesting because obviously Hopkins is going to eat. Uh, but yeah, then you got a little AJ Green and mm-hmm. Christian Kirk. And Chase Edmonds gets a lot of targets. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Dan out of forty-five targets, four touchdowns last year for the Cardinals. That's not terrible in the wasteland <laughs> that is the tight end position. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, <laughs> uh, that's kind of all I got for this episode. I know it's uh, uh, short with the two of you, but you know, given the celebratory nature of this episode, it's kind of everybody gets a little, nobody gets a lot. Uh, Jen, any anything you want to add? Uh, or that you wanted to talk about, we didn't get a chance to today. I'm um, not not as far as this particular segment of the podcast. I do want to add that you know I am excited to uh, humbly excited and honored to be a co-host of this podcast on its 444th episode. Uh, I, this will be my sixth season at 444, so I uh, I really enjoy being part of this team that is you know become a family. And uh, I you know I am like I said I'm excited to be here always, and um, I appreciate you as a co-host and appreciate uh, everyone at 444. Excellent. Excellent. Anything you want to say to John? Um, congratulations, John on 10 years. That is a long time um, in this industry. And uh, you know, you've, you've earned all the accolades and the, you know, the honors and w- with your accuracy and, you know, you've actually helped me win a few leagues <laughs> with your rankings. So, <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate you as a, as a coworker, as a ranker, as a human. Excellent. Excellent. Everyone be sure to follow uh, Jen on Twitter at the Monday mommy as usual. Everyone also be sure to follow Justin on Twitter at Justin underscore Redwords. Go check out all his awesome content at four for four. Justin, thank you so much for joining us on this celebration episode. Any final thoughts before we go? Oh, it's a pleasure to be here always uh, jumping on the uh, John appreciation train. Uh, I know, I know Chris mentioned in his, uh, his uh, little spot about how, how awesome it felt when John reached out to him about weather. Um, pretty much any time a, a fellow writer reaches out to me about my offensive line rankings, it's pretty awesome. But definitely when John reached out, to, he was tinkering with his uh, rankings and wanted my opinion about some offensive line um, play. And I, that was a cool feeling as well. I didn't say holy holy shit like Chris did, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it felt pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't have just a great time to be on here, guys. Always always nice talking with you. Awesome. Thank you. We love having uh, Justin on the show, and uh, we'll look forward to the next episode where you join us. Uh, So with a huge congratulations from us to John on 10 years uh, from me. Congratulations, John. You've helped me a lot. Uh, Our humble appreciation to our listeners. Uh, Folks, don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a nice review, and you can follow us on Twitter at 2GuysBrandon and, like I said, at The Monday Mommy. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day, and here's to 444 more.